Hello and welcome to Making Community, the podcast show of the Urbach Transfer Network Community Lab. Hi, I'm Simone D'Antonio and I'll guide you through the solutions developed by the cities which replicated the experience of the Lisbon Local Development Strategy for areas of priority intervention, which provides a range of integrated tools to tackle urban poverty and empower local communities. Coming up on the first episode, an interview to Daniela Patti, lead expert of the Urbat Network Community Lab, who will tell us more about the Transfer Network experience and the main results achieved by the partner series. Welcome, Daniela. How are you? It seems you are getting to the end of this great transfer journey. How do you feel? Um, a bit sad, to be honest. It's a bit sad to finish the, the, the collaboration with these cities, but we know that we will remain in contact because there's a, a great bond that was created between all of us. And it's, uh, it's very exciting to see what will remain of this, um, of this exchange in the last couple of years between the cities uh, after the end of, the, of this Urbac Transfer Network, um, especially considering it's been a, a crazy, crazy time to, to be sharing uh, community building together. Let's start from the beginning. How did you uh, meet the uh, BIPSI program of Lisbon and how did you start collaborating to transferring this model? Well, to be very honest, um, we we uh, we 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 met uh, the, uh, the 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 Lisbon team uh, actually back in 2015 through another airback network that was about using the use of um, social media and communication digital communication tools to engage citizens uh, because at the time the the city of Lisbon based on the BIPSIP strategy had set up a, a community led local development network a CLLD. Um, they had just started and they were looking into what communication tools to, to develop. And this is how we first met, met them. And obviously, based on that, there, uh, a, great, a great relationship started with, uh, with the city council, with the NGOs, with all the cooperatives that were, that were working together. And we just realized when the transfer network opportunity arose, it just looked like a fantastic opportunity to really share uh, all the knowledge that was built over the last now 10 years of the BIPSIP strategy. I remember we were more than once together in, in Lisbon for uh, interactive cities, so, but also for other urban projects and events. And what I was surprised to notice was the impact that small action as a community kitchen led by refugees in the heart of Muraria had on the neighborhood and its residents. Can you mention any other interesting example of collaboration among NGOs and Lisbon civil society in other target areas of the city? Yeah, so maybe one step backwards. So BIPSIP stands for uh, Priority Intervention Areas and Neighbourhoods. And what they did is they, they back 10 years ago, they mapped the, the, the poorest neighbourhoods of the city. And this together was an opportunity of collaboration with the, with the NGOs because they did the mapping through statistical data on poverty, unemployment and so on. But they also engaged the, the NGOs and the citizens for questionnaires to the inhabitants of the neighborhoods to understand also through qualitative information what, was the, uh, what were the needs and what were the problems. So already back in the very first step of the BIPSIP, there was already an engagement with the NGOs. Then they developed the BIPSIP grant. And this is what also you, Simone, were mentioning um, uh, the social kitchen in the Mureria, but there are loads of very beautiful projects that range from 
social economy projects such as um, shops that uh, that sell um, recycled uh, uh, materials by engaging, for example, uh, disabled people or um, or um, Roma uh, minorities in the priority neighborhoods. So those marginalized groups through these projects become uh, become empowered uh, and have the possibility also of building a different narrative of themselves and their neighborhoods. Um, but based also on this project, they also developed um, uh, offices that were set up in the neighborhoods when there was transformation, for example, if there was the refurbishment of social housing estates, then there was the possibility of having these offices that were uh, managed by the the city council and the, the, the neighborhood association to inform and develop together with the citizens, for example, the plan when you have to reallocate families when they're uh, and to leave their homes and move somewhere else while the houses are being refurbished. And finally, the CLLD, which is the latest development, and it's probably also the most um, courageous because it means really that the city council and the NGO sit at the same table at the same level and manage to gather money to uh, develop projects in the local neighborhoods. Um, and and they're aside of you know very small scale projects like uh, neighborhood fairs and 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 activities and small and projects like refurbishment of public spaces like squares and so on i think the most exciting projects are the ones related to um social economy just as simona you were saying and this is yeah um th there are social kitchens but there are also for example social laundry so a lot of services that are being developed at local level in neighborhoods that very often don't have any local activity that are being developed by the neighborhood themselves creating opportunity of work creating a new narrative of the neighborhood and uh, and really creating new new possibilities and new life in these spaces the success of all the actions you mentioned was the uh main reason for choosing the BPC program among the 97 urban good practices and put it at the core of the Transfer Network Community Lab. What are the main elements you, you decided together with the uh, team of Lisbon to replicate in other cities? And why did you focus specifically on them? So the BIPSIP so-called toolkit is made of four tools, which is what I was mentioning. So it's the mapping, it's the grant, it's these local offices uh, when you're refurbishing the, the, the neighborhoods and the CLLD network. And we Community Lab is a network uh, made of eight cities, including Lisbon. And we, we, we developed a transfer that was on the four tools, uh, which is, is quite quite demanding because obviously these tools are different but the common goal is to um, develop tools that really empower the, the the citizens in the priority neighborhoods to, to to take on board their future and and really feel that together with the help of the city council they can really change their lives um, and um, what we have seen is that uh, the tools go in tandem let's say based on what on what the work that was already made in the city obviously we were building on what was the uh, commitment and the work that was already built in all of the city so usually if you have worked on the mapping you will experiment also some forms of community engagement through grants and 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 local activities and then uh, the more governance level of the of the activities such as the offices or the CLLD is usually made by those cities who 
maybe had already started a bit before to focus on these um, on these practices uh, of tackling urban poverty and therefore had already developed a map and so on and so could had already a basis on which to work on on more on more complex tools such as the CLLD you had the chance to to visit all the cities of the network and to carry out most of the transnational meetings uh, before the pandemic emergency. What are the main elements emerging in the cities uh, and how the replication of this practice is creating an impact? So, uh, as I was mentioning, I think the biggest difference is um, all cities have poverty in some form. Even the most rich uh, countries have forms of poverty that are very different, though, obviously. If you're talking about poverty in Alborg or you're talking about poverty in uh, in Sofia or in Bari, this is very different. It takes different forms. Political and, and, and social recognition of the concept of poverty also are very different, depending on the history of the city, on the political context. So this said, this is how I think the biggest difference arise. So depending on what are the context, uh, there were some some more immediate transfers. For example, um, I, we, we were always joking about the fact that Lisbon and Bari were somehow twins separated at birth or something, because somehow the city of Bari, even before getting in direct contact with the city of Lisbon, had already been developed, de- developing very similar tools. Uh, and they had a, and they have a very, very similar understanding and uh, an approach uh towards um towards the issue of poverty um and this is because you know it's uh, you can just see some very similar geographical and historical and political uh similarities uh it's different when you're talking for example about um poverty with with the more northern countries because the welfare state is very strong so also the role of social innovation is different uh because you have a very strong state that already delivers a lot of the basic services that are needed so it's uh, less required on civil society to be um compensating on some of the of the of the difficulties that are that are present on the territory and finally in eastern europe just to close i think that there also the difference is that um the state is historically from post socialist countries very centralized and so it's it's harder often to be delegating power at local level even though there is a slowly a change and you see that they are recognizing the importance of empowering citizen and delegating power to them um there is a his- different historical historical path that was developed and so there's still i think this is still something that is is requiring more recognition on both sides from civil society and political level I'm going to explore in the next episode with the civic officials and members of the urban local groups how the good practice of Lisbon was effectively transferred. But may I ask you if the pandemic emergency we are living had an impact on the community lab's activities or in a wider sense, how the implementation of this model of contrast to poverty was useful to contrast the social and economic effects of the pandemic? So I, I would say at a network level for community lab, it was it was very hard because um, the the a project that is 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 focusing on engagement of local communities in priority neighborhoods is based on the fact that you will engage physically in in in, in events and activities with the people in the neighborhoods. So not social distancing and the lockdown obviously created a huge impact. But what was fantastic to see was the fact that during the pandemic, our cities were 
completely committed at local level in tackling the the emergency. Um, so th what was beautiful in the meetings was that it wasn't any more about the transfer of the good practice of Liz Lisbon in itself, but it was exchanging about strategies in that moment of emergency to tackle urban poverty or up urban poverty in the pandemic. So how can you deliver most efficiently food packages? How can you make sure to help the people that are in uh, quarantine when they don't have the housing the the housing conditions that that allow to have to be in isolation when you have COVID, for example? Or how do you ensure that you you have the digital instruments for um uh, school, digital schooling in priority neighborhoods where many people don't have the tools or the internet connection. And so there was a very, very vibrant exchange. I would say that also based on this, uh, it also meant that we developed new tools together with the local community of Lisbon. Uh, we we developed a, a digital a digital game, that a digital participation tool that allowed allows for uh, the city council and the NGOs that are operating on the territory to develop together projects through uh, uh, an, a meter board that with, a, with, a, with a very fun game with cards and so on. So I can, I can only say that I hope that you, we will get to, to play, play the game together soon. Our tour along the cities of Community Lab will finish in Lisbon with the main creators of the BPT model, what do you suggest to them to keep this practice continuously improving? And what do you advise to the project partners to keep the vibe alive also after the end of the project on the topics raised by Community Lab? So I think that the challenge for, uh, for, for Lisbon now will be how to make sure that um, such a big movement that has started with the BIPSIP. This year it's 10 years, so happy birthday to the BIPSIP. Um, how, how to make sure that it will remain on the long term um, more and more empowered and more autonomous. For example, if with the local elections, it might be that some of the representatives will change because this was possible because 10 years ago, the movement of citizens of Lisbon uh, got to power in a coalition with the Socialist Party. If for the next elections, things should change, um, it is very important to ensure that the BIPSIP approach and the BIPSIP community remains empowered to be able to continue the work also autonomously. So what are the cities? So we're planning on ways of at least a digital to, to continue the exchange uh, through, uh, through the different cities, having anyway some, some moments of, of, of exchange, but we really hope that uh, this opportunity of these years together within the community lab has, has allowed the cities and their local communities to be empowered and to continue the work. Thank you so much, Daniela, for joining me at Making Community. And thank you all for listening to Making Community. Thank you. Bye.